You're listening to a Natural Products Insider podcast, now on Google Play. With Sandy Almendares, Editor-in-Chief. Brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas. Everyone and welcome to a Supply Side West edition of the Healthy Insider Podcast. I'm Sandy, and on the phone, I'm excited to have Bill Bremer, who is the principal of Food Safety Compliance at Kestrel Management. Hi, Bill. Hi, Sandy. Bill will be speaking at our Supply Side West workshop, FISMA and Import Requirements for Food and Supplement Brands. This is on Wednesday, October 16th at 9 a.m. to noon at Supply Side West in Las Vegas. So we are going to discuss FISMA, the Food Safety Modernization Act, the implementation of this law, the Foreign Supplier Verification Program, and international rules for food and beverage sectors. Bill has lots of experience in this category. In his food compliance roles, he has led compliance and insurance activities to help many food companies meet FISMA, Global Food Safety Initiative Certification, HACCP, Environmental Health and Safety, and Overall Operation Management Requirements. He was a GFSI standard stakeholder and delegate on the technical working groups from 2012 to 2015. Bill also works in compliance and business improvement, focusing on sustainability, waste reduction, process improvement, transformation, restructuring, and environmental health and safety. He began his career at the pharmaceutical company Bristol-Myers Scribb as a plant manager, processing from R&D to quality and process development. He was director of manufacturing and distribution for Gloria Jean's Brothers Coffee. Bill's other senior leadership roles included COO of Bissinger's, a specialty food and confection company, among other roles. So let's talk about FISMA. Um, Bill, did you see the need for an update to the U.S. food safety regulation before FISMA was signed into law in 2011? Uh, Yes, Um, mainly due to the uh, established regulations at the time under FDA were very old and outdated, and they really didn't cover the broader aspects of the food industry. And because of that, there were continual issues with different types of outbreaks and recalls and the response to those that showed evidence that uh, something had to change. So what FISMA has done is uh, it's really updated almost a century-old level of compliance to be in current. And even though it was passed in 2011, uh, a lot of the rules did not have enforcement dates until after uh, 2015 which has really uh, challenged the industry to update their programs and meet the requirements. And some of the issues that, uh, you know, the biggest benefits related has been that it's, uh, that it's uh, met supply chain requirements of, of, uh, from the beginning of the base products to the final products uh, to ensure consistency in uh, food safety compliance. Right. So, I mean, as you noted, the law was passed in 2011, but there was, you know, implementation to go with fully in effect until 2015. So this is still a rather new law. Um, but how, how did it change manufacturing and operations for food and beverage brands? 
Um, a key aspect is uh, FISMA different than the industry standards and maybe some of the uh, uh, other FDA areas of compliance uh, implemented what was called preventive controls. Preventive controls meant basically that through different means of testing and reanalysis of processes within the food industry in companies and their supply chain, both both their uh, suppliers and customers, that the uh, preventive controls would be identified. And the benefit of the preventive controls is to prevent contamination issues and outbreaks before they occur. So you don't even have to deal with them as much during the production process. And if you can start at the base raw materials, make it even better. That means you're getting you know, safer, uh, more consistent uh, raw materials from the supply chain or the supply chain in to the processing. Uh, some of these areas include hygiene was a key area, sanitation, preventive controls themselves, and a key part of it's uh, what's called environmental monitoring, where everyone from the start to the release of product, and there could be multiple uh, uh, organizations involved from uh, farm through harvest to storage to staging to the production plants will ensure against uh, contamination, particularly of uh, biological pathogens, but also foreign objects and uh, chemicals and things like that, so that we're getting a more consistent level of pure food product at the start. But it also goes through the whole process then, and each, uh, each supplier-customer relation has to be uh, maintained to make sure that whoever's delivering the product or is involved in purchasing a spec has responsibility uh, of the safety of the product as it's uh, ultimately manufactured and, and then distributed. So it sounds like there are a lot of working parts or moving aspects of, of FISMA, but let's talk just about one specifically that's, that's quite important, the Foreign Supplier Verification Program or FSVP. So what does this require food brands to do? Yeah, this is this is one that uh, makes things a lot more complicated just in the way it has to be uh, uh, enforced. And it all comes down to enforcement and the ability to approve product uh, from foreign suppliers. And the, the onus is on the U.S. importers to make sure that the uh, foreign suppliers they're dealing with meet all the requirements that are necessary uh, under FISMA. Basically, they have to uh, base, uh, mirror what FISMA does with having the right uh, food safety plans, qualified people, uh, uh, plant design um, and maintenance. Uh, but ultimately, uh, some of the issues that has to be dealt with is you have different cultural issues or different established uh, food safety around the world, and it varies quite a bit. And uh, with this law, it, you have to really uh, understand where your suppliers are, why you're buying from them, and how you can manage them. Sometimes they're very hard to manage because you may go through brokers versus original producers. Foreign supplier verification requires that it goes back to the original source of the products. Very hard to do in certain supply chains. Like coffee, it's very difficult because a lot of coffee is sold through brokers. That falls under that. A lot of agriculture products from, say, Asia, which is becoming the more and more of a, uh, you know, exporter to the U.S. 
to be imported into products, including botanicals and things with dietary supplements. Sometimes these come from various producers, and knowing the original source is very tough. So there have been a lot of challenge with, challenges with it. Also, just with the U.S. companies that have to have foreign supplier verification programs to make sure they're doing everything they're supposed to. And that ultimately the documentation that goes with a shipment is um, at the level to be accepted by the FDA. Um, and there are, there are several conditions that have to be met. Some of, one of the basic ones is to be FDA registered. You have to be FDA registered. And to be in good standing both in your own country and with the FDA. If you have any open issues, you're not supposed to be able to get product uh, shipped into the U.S., things of that nature. But ultimately, the importer or the customer buying the products has, has to be aware of these things, and they have to manage it, and they can't get around it. So if they do know someone has got issues and they're, they have not been identified by the FDA, the U.S. company needs to cease and desist buying products with that company and make other changes or uh, uh, methods of getting that type of product, whatever they're buying from the company that is not in good standing uh, so that they can continue to do business. That makes sense that if the goal of FISMA is, is turning from a reactionary to a prevention uh, mindset that the, the the law would really want companies to look at their supply chain and, and understand all, all the, the aspects and to verify their, their suppliers. So that, 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 that is in line. Um, but what, what aspects of FISMA do you see brands struggling with the most? It's interesting. So even with, uh, you know, a movement that started in 2011 and then supported partially by GFSI, the global food safety initiative requirement, um, the acceptance of the changes and higher levels of food safety and processing controls has been one of the biggest challenges for companies. A lot of it's organizational, where the uh, company leaderships have to understand what's going on, why the change is occurring. There's always costs with implementing new systems. Uh, overall education is a key, but uh, you know it all adds up to sustaining or developing a food safety culture, which is many times described as achieving a food, a food safe culture change. This goes on continuously, especially with the various elements of the supply chain from retailers to primary food producers and major food produce, uh, production companies that we see on the labels in the grocery store, that, and even to the, the packaging companies or the ingredient companies that Previously, we're thought to have safe products, sometimes called generally re recognized as safe, really doesn't exist anymore because you have to uh, comply with FISMA, and it means that you have to have qualified people within your organization. You have to develop the right programs. You have to know how to develop those programs, and you have to show evidence that you meet FISMA, including foreign supplier, uh, at all times. So there's a lot of documentation that wasn't required previously. But when you add all this up, these items that I just listed are some of the challenges that companies have in implementing FISMA programs. Uh, uh, they had it at the beginning, and they still have it because you have to maintain it again. You have to be current at all times and update your programs at all times and your organizational resources at all times. Yeah, I can see how that, that could be challenging. Um, but beyond meeting regulations, 
Does following FISMA guidelines help streamline operation or improve profits? I mean, is are FISMA guidelines, do they make business sense? Basically, they do. Because ultimately, and it's been proven, uh, going back to other type of quality systems, even with automotive, like quality is job one, and the ISO programs for automotive that went way back in time, you know, I'm talking 30 or 40 years, when you implement management systems, you tend to uh, improve your, your uh, effectiveness of, of, of making product specification. In the, in the case of food, safe and unadulterated food product. Uh, but there, there is a threshold to do that. So once you implement and you have a program that's passed audit, inspection, or certification, you have a lot more standardization within your processes. And at that time, in the case of food companies, they should produce less defective product or contaminated product. So you have more consistent, high-quality product. You have less defect and less waste. And that's some of the uh, ultimate benefits of it. Also, it makes doing business across the supply chain easier. So if your suppliers are FISMA compliant and you know they have programs and you, you've reviewed the programs or you've audited those programs, they have no findings with the FDA, which is now inspecting companies more and more, it's easier to buy from them. So the burden to qualify a supplier, once the programs are fully established across all levels of the supply chain, it's easier to do that with a higher level of integrity of who you're buying from. If you're not a good supplier, chances are you're going to go away or be uh, um, acquired by a company that does have good programs, and they will take those programs of that particular producer up to the right level. But ultimately, there is a probably a cost issue at the beginning. However, there is an improvement of profits uh, that follows that should be sustained uh, into perpetuity as long as companies are doing business. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today about FISMA, and we look forward to seeing you at Supply Side West. Again, that panel or the, the workshop is FISMA and Import Requirements for Food and Supplement Brands. That is on Wednesday, October 16th at 9 a.m. at Mandalay Bay in Las Vegas at our Supply Side West trade show. Thanks again, Bill. For more award-winning podcasts from industry experts, go to insider.com and click in the podcast section. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts or Google Play by searching Healthy Insider Podcast. Hit subscribe to never miss an episode. To join the conversation about the health and nutrition industry, leave a comment on the podcast's Twitter, Facebook, or SoundCloud account. This episode has been brought to you by Supply Side West, October 15th through the 19th in Las Vegas.